Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. The day you have to lay down your I'm the husband and you have to submit yes. card is the day you lose the argument. Thank just, you. Yes. Yeah, thank you. It's just, it should never have to be, I mean, to, <laughs> to, to me, we're just mutually pulling together. Parenting is really, really hard. So you're having to mutually pull together yes. um, to figure that out. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to the show, everyone. Paradox Podcast. We are so glad to have you. Um, if you want our information, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Uh, we have all the latest and greatest info on the show, as well as any blogs, future guests, etc. So be sure to te- check us out there. You can also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us there at Docs Podcast. You can find Josh at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Doc Josh Myers. And then Jimmy can be found at those three things. Facebook is Dr. Jimmy Myers. Twitter and Instagram is J Myers Fam. Did I leave anything out? Nothing. Perfect. So we are so happy to have Tim Stevens on the show for us. Welcome to the show. The only thing, yeah, just a second, I was actually going to do all that information on the on the podcast and Facebook and then you just kind of jumped in and did it, which I'm obviously we talked about it beforehand. You did it anyway. I just sense I sense avoiding leadership. <laughs> and I feel as though, yeah, that's, I do. And I think we need to like maybe call somebody in. I don't know. I wish we knew someone that dealt with leadership. Mm-hmm. Luckily, today we have Tim Stevens. Sorry, he interrupted <laughs> you, Tim. Tim, how are you doing? I'm good. That may have been the worst transition ever, but I'm just going to go with it. I love it. I love it. So Tim Stevens is 25 years of senior leadership ministry experience. He is currently an author, blogger, speaker, and is director of executive search consultants at Vanderblumen. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Uh, The Vanderblumen Search Group. Um, He has six published books that include Simply Strategic Volunteers, Pop Goes the Church, Vision, Lost and Found, and then his latest book is Fairness is Overrated. Tim, can you tell us about your book, Fairness is Overrated? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, it was a fun book to write. It was, I was kind of coming to the end of about 20 years uh, as an executive pastor at a large church in northern Indiana. And um, so I wanted to kind of just capture, you know, leadership principles and truths I'd kind of learned over the years just through experience as well as uh, uh, just sitting at the feet of others and um, pulled it together. Um, so there's 50 pretty short chapters or three to five page chapters, um, and I've got it um, um, kind of uh, categorized in four big sections. So the first section is on um, leading yourself and being a leader worth following, um, which is kind of, you know, what I feel like is the foundation. You really can't be a leader if you don't have a foundation of leadership and you don't have the integrity behind it. Then there's a, a, a section on staffing and, and hiring and firing, which is kind of what I do now is help churches find staff. 
There's another section on building a great staff culture. And then the last section of the book is on leading through a crisis. You know, when things that absolutely will happen at some point happen, how are you going to lead through those and, and uh, whether it's your business or your congregation. Very nice. Uh, when you wear sunglasses, do people confuse you with Paul Schaefer? That was going to be my first question to you. As soon as they hear me sing, they're not confused anymore. <laughs> Is that that's when the comparison stops? That's it. That's it. Okay. That's, I think I may be taller than Paul too. <laughs> Listen, you know, in in our profession, which is you know counseling and psychotherapy, you know, we'll we can spit out you know attachment disorder or you know low self worth, and people will accuse us of you know using psychobabble. And I think sometimes leadership in the business world, people can kind of consider it business babble. Uh, you know, we sit in a seminar and we hear about it, uh, but blah, blah, blah. What is it? What is leadership and why is it important? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great question. Um, to, to me, leadership, it comes not from a position or the office you sit in or the desk you're behind or the label on the, on the door. Um, it just comes from a place of influence. And that's something that, you know, early on in my early leadership learning, when I didn't have any of those things, and was, you know, having to lead from where I was at, um, kind of at the, at the bottom of the totem pole, so to speak, and just learning, um, which is where a lot of people live, and learning leadership from there, it's really influence. It's, it's um, leveraging what God's given you, and it's learning how to have um, uh, crucial conversations, sometimes hard conversations. Um, it's learning how to value other people and just add value to their life. Um, and as you do that, you, you continue to gain influence. And... Um, yeah, leadership is, you know, something that, you know, young people especially may yearn for, strive for, desire. Um, people that that have leadership and that have especially positions of leadership uh, tend to be a lot more um, humble about it because they know that um, they know what it took to get there. And they also know that um, a lot of the greatest leaders around them aren't necessarily in, le- in positions of leadership, but are right, just in positions right. of influence. Yeah, I was um, I'm right in the middle of a writing project with George Barna. And one of the it's about parenting into the, you know, well into this new century and about how we, we need to move away from fear based parenting where we're so afraid of what culture is going to do to our kid and implement more preparation based parenting, prepare them to enter into the ring and succeed. So we have parents that are so afraid that their children are going to just fold like a cheap suit when met with pressure from a secular culture. When I look at your book, fairness, you know, is overrated. You know, I see it not as a leadership book, but it's almost like a you could easily apply that to parenting and and to instill those same qualities in your children. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think um, I think that's a huge part of it. I, I can remember my, my oldest uh, is now 23, uh, and then we have two in college and then one in high school. And I can remember early conversations with my oldest when she was, you know, eight or nine or 10 or 11, just talking to her just about leadership. And um, they went to um, very uh, solid um, public school education for their whole um, elementary, middle school, and high school. And so, you know, that, that presents opportunities. It's a, it's a great place to be able to kind of um, practice what they're learning at home and what they're learning at church and, you know, figure out kind of about leadership and their influence and um, standing up for what they believe. Um, and, and I think so much of that is true. It's, it really carries over to parenting as well. 
So did you cultivate leadership within all of your children, or is leadership something that not everyone is gifted with and or should try? You know, that's like the classic question, are you, is leadership, you know, are you a born leader or not? Um, and I think, um, I think there's definitely leadership skills that are different in our four kids um, that, that manifest themselves differently. I think in each in their own way, they exercise leadership. And I think everyone um, that I come, come across, would I would say that would be true as well. They, they have leadership. They have influence. They're leveraging that even if it's just in how they um, they get in a gossip gossipy conversation at the store, how are they going to lead through that and um, get to the other side of that and help the person that's they're talking to or that's talking to them lead, you know, kind of get to the other side of that. That's, that's leadership. And so the kids I think have um, manifested that in different ways. Some much more are firstborn, much more, um, much, a lot of initiative, a lot of drive, a lot of, you know, kind of success orientation, others kind of more laid back. Um, but I do see that in each of them. Now, there's a lot of talk uh, within the church about leadership and submission uh, between husbands and wives. Um, how did you and your wife handle that dynamic? You know what? We just never talked about, about submission. To, to us, it's been just a mutual um, love and, um, you know, being on the same page. So we we're coming up two weeks, two, about two weeks from now on our 26th um, anniversary. And so obviously in any marriage, there's um, ups and downs and um, happy times and hard times. And I think in the, in the hard times, it's when we get off focus, when we're not pulling for the same dream and vision for our family. And when we're in the good times and the happy times and the best times, it's when we are pulling in the same direction. Um, and so we never talked, you know, I think the, the day you have to lay down your I'm the husband and you have to submit yes. card is the day you lose the argument. Thank I mean, it's just, you. Yes. Yeah, thank it's, you. It's just, it should never have to be, I mean, to, <laughs> to, to me, we're just mutually pulling together. Parenting is really, really hard. So you're having to mutually pull together yes. um, to figure that out. I pray all the time for single parents because I have no idea how they do it because it was hard enough, you know, having a supportive um, spouse next to me. But um, I think that's I think that's it. You're you're kind of you're pulling together. You each have different strengths and gifts. Some mm -hmm. because because you're a man and woman, and some because you're just different personalities and different um, experience, life experience, different skills. I tell guys in the office here all the time: if you have to tell your wife and children you're the God appointed leader of the home, you're not the leader. Mm -hmm. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of like when I was a youth minister, they gave me a hat that said, "I'm their leader." Which way'd they go? <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's just, um, I, I, I pride myself on being married 36 years, never having had those words come out of my mouth. So, yeah. um, it could happen still, but it hadn't yet. Now you were a pastor for a long time. Tell me about this transition from being a pastor to being a businessman outside the church ministry. Yeah, so um, I was in nonprofit ministry for nine years, and then local church ministry as a pastor uh, for twenty years uh, in Granger, Indiana, at a church called Granger Community Church. Great run, just enjoyed it. Um, really had uh, uh, special times there with staff and with helping grow the church from two hundred and fifty to about five thousand, um, and and leading staff and developing and so forth. So as I got towards kind of the end of that, just kind of. It's hard to explain, but just a sense of um, that there's something next, that my season was coming to a close, that there was probably someone, there was probably a better leader to lead the church um, in the position I was in into the next season. And so just 
combination of those and started talking to my uh, cohorts about that and just um, trying to get counsel. But ended up, you know, part of my heart, um, especially the last 10 years, has been pouring into pastors and helping kind of the big C church, not just the small C local church. And so, uh, you know, an opportunity came up where I could um, join with now there's 34 of us on our team at the Vanderbilt and Search Group. And we get to help churches pretty much 90 percent of what we do is helping churches find find staff find senior pastors, working with search committees, working with elder boards to find executive pastors or worship leaders or children's pastors. Um, so that is incredibly exhilarating. So I, um, although, yes, it's kind of uh, under the category of business. Um, and in fact, we just got awarded from Entrepreneur Magazine last year, um, the top small company business culture in the country, which was wow. pretty cool for a faith-based um, organization that Seriously. works with churches. Um, but so, yes, it is in the category of business, um, but it's also, you know, it's it's underlying it is this kind of kingdom focus. Mm -hmm. um, our whole team is um, used to be pastors uh, who have this burden for the local church um, and to help come alongside and just kind of lift that burden. You know, uh, I remember sitting at my desk at the church and have, you know, 50, 75, 100 resumes stacked on my desk. You know, and it's like it's overwhelming. You're just trying to prepare for the next Sunday. You don't have time to, right. um, nor training necessarily to vet um, all these candidates that are applying for one of your positions. So we get to, we get to come alongside churches and just lift that burden from them. Very nice. Well, listen, if you have um, executive pastor or you know the lead pastor position of some mega church open up, I am fielding offers. So <laughs> okay, all right, that's great to know. So just just give me a holler. <laughs> one other thing, really quickly, and this has to do with your kids and your kids having grown up as the child of the preacher. How did you handle the PK syndrome in your kids? Because, you know, PKs end up being the most fabulous kids ever or just little hellions. Some, yes, sometimes. Yes, sometimes. both. Yeah. you know, for us, um, we just tried to not treat them any differently than um, than we would have if we weren't pastors there. So they didn't get special privileges. They didn't get keys to the building. They didn't get to you know, run through the offices because other kids didn't. So, I mean, it was things like that where um, we would just tr try to treat them pretty normal. Um, the other thing that, you know, I kind of go back and forth on because I love it when pastors that are preaching share share real life stories about something they're going through uh, in parenting. But I think there's an age that, that the kids get to that you just got to turn that off for their sake. Um, I don't know if it's 10 or 12 or nine, somewhere in there up until they're probably into college. Um, it's just, I think it makes it too hard for those kids, those preteens and teenagers to live life. If their dad is, you know, up sharing an illustration, even if it's a good illustration, it just puts too much pressure. They got, you know, a hundred people after the service coming to them and just talking to them or joking with them or referencing them, asking questions. And it's just a lot of pressure for a kid. So, um, so I kind of go back and forth on that because I really those are the those are the uh, the stories, the illustrations that really make the message real. You know, when someone shares a real life story. But I just think, man, for the sake of the kids. And so I, I you know, I didn't do a lot of the preaching portion at my church, but when I when I was uh, teaching or speaking, I just really tried to not make the kids feel the spotlight that they're already in anyway. Yeah, those are great words. And Jimbo was a minister, he's a youth minister for about 25 years, and so I was that that preacher's kid. Um, and so I, I think that's fantastic wisdom. Um, and I, I think it really starts with, though, and kind of 
per your point, like leadership in the home. So if you're if you're cultivating a wonderful home environment, um, then kind of the the PK syndrome hopefully can be headed off at the pass w- at church. I totally agree with that. I think um, you know my my kid, a couple of my kids went through a really tough transition with a, a youth pastor that that kind of had a moral failure while they were um, in their prime teen years and. So, and that can devastate kids, and it did devastate my kids. Um, but I think the strength of the home life, um, the conversations at home, the understanding, um, the um, very intentional um, breaks, uh, family vacations, time together, um, I think that really, it just gives us strength that you can get through those kind of things. So you can find Tim Stevens at leadingsmart.com. His Twitter is at... Tim A is an Apple Stevens. Facebook is T Stevens. And Fairness is Overrated is his latest book. Go check it out. Where can they find it? Amazon um, is great. Barnes and Noble um, is great as well. Uh, if they go to Fairness is Rated, uh, they'll see several links there as well as a sample chapter. Excellent, Tim. Thank you for being on the show. Very good. Thank you so much, guys. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. I believe I was raised in Leave It to Beaver's house. Um, of course, anyone under 30. 35 has no idea. Yeah, leave it to who? Who leave it to beaver is. But <laughs> I think I remember my wife, uh, my mother uh, vacuuming the living room in a cocktail dress and pearls. <laughs>